tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Many of us go back and forth while we're trying to stop drinking. You might get four or five days in, then drink again and repeat this process many times. Obviously, less drinking days are better for your health, but drinking during the withdrawal stage actually intensifies your cravings, making it harder to stop next time. In this episode, you'll learn how withdrawal impacts the associations that your brain makes with alcohol, how this strengthens your cravings, and how this keeps us stuck in denial about our drinking. So let's dig in.
Environmental cues that are reinforced during withdrawal become more powerful than the cues that we learn during the beginning of our drinking, and they lead to more intense cravings. So remember, withdrawal lasts about two weeks. So if you're going back and forth with less than two weeks, then any reinforcement you're making to your alcohol cues is going to cause more intense cravings next time you try to quit making that even harder for you. A 2022 study published in the British Journal of Pharmacology found that repeatedly drinking during the withdrawal stage strengthened associations. And it not just strengthened the associations that we have with alcohol, but it strengthened them more than the total number of years you've been drinking or how severe your problem with alcohol is. What this means to me is that even if you consider yourself to be a gray area drinker or someone who isn't that bad, you're making your struggles significantly worse if you go back and forth. And I know a lot of gray area drinkers go back and forth and they get a few days or a week and then they go back over and over again. These researchers discovered that it's the experience of learning how alcohol relieves negative withdrawal symptoms that leads to stronger cravings. And this is way more powerful than learning about alcohol's positive effects. We trick ourselves into thinking that we drink to have fun, feel good, or unwind. This good feeling that you're chasing is actually relieving a bad withdrawal feeling. In other words, we drink to relieve the suffering that our drinking has caused. So this study taught rats to associate a smell with alcohol, and then they took a small group and put them through multiple cycles of withdrawal and taught them to associate a different smell with alcohol during the withdrawal stage. They found that the multiple cycles of withdrawal group were much more persistent in trying to get alcohol when the new scent was present compared to the original scent, meaning the association was very strong. We measure relapse in animals by training them to push a lever for alcohol, and then if they press the lever, it's considered relapse. The rats who were conditioned with the new scent press the lever twice as many times as animals who had been conditioned with the original scent. And remember, the difference here is the new scent was conditioned during multiple cycles of withdrawal. The first group didn't go through that experience. And they found that this persistence remained even when they got their feet shocked every time they pressed the lever, representing us continuing to drink despite negative consequences. The rats worked harder to overcome obstacles and were willing to endure consequences to get their alcohol if the cues were conditioned during withdrawal. This is just like us being willing to walk through a snowstorm to the liquor store or continuing to make excuses and justify our drinking, even though it's clearly not working out for us. The researchers found that the new conditioning during withdrawal weakened previous cues, so that original scent that they were taught. I talked about how multiple cycles of withdrawal affect the brain in episode 187. And the conclusion from that episode is that multiple cycles of withdrawal impacts the plasticity of your brain. So that's the ability for your brain to adapt and change. This makes it harder to stay sober. 
So listen to that episode after this for more information. But if your brain is less adaptable, then you get stuck repeating the same behavior over and over and over again, expecting a different result. The ability for your brain to adapt and change impacts the way that you view and understand your drinking. Denial is a defense mechanism, and the idea behind denial is that fully acknowledging our struggles with alcohol would be so detrimental to us mentally that we have to misinterpret, minimize, or forget the facts. It helps us avoid painful realities, and we become experts at using alcohol to escape our lives. A 2015 study published in Drug and Alcohol Dependence looked at people addicted to meth and found that people who had high levels of denial also had less connection between their cingulate and insula with the frontal lobe, limbic system, and cerebellum. And all of those science-y words are not critical. I'll explain more. They also had lower performance on memory and executive functioning tests than people who were addicted to meth but were not in denial. So this study looked at the neuroplasticity of two areas of the brain that are well known to be involved in addiction, the insula and cingulate. So the insula is involved in conscious desires like the search for food and drugs, but it also connects emotions to sensory experiences. The cingulate converts feelings into actions. It's involved in a lot of higher order cognition, like controlling our emotions, concentrating on solving problems, recognizing our mistakes, and making adaptive responses to changing conditions. So the ability for these participants to consider their substance use problematic and realize that they needed to change was positively associated with stronger connection between the cingulate and insula with the rest of the brain. So this means that being in a state of denial reduces your ability for the parts of your brain that govern emotional response, self-awareness, and error perception to communicate with the parts of the brain that process information and create problem-solving actions. Having reduced neuroplasticity in these areas, along with a lack of severe consequences, makes it very hard for someone to accept that they need to get sober. And this is why gray area drinkers will struggle so much and may go on to struggle with alcohol for most of their lives. They're miserable but nothing bad enough has happened to them so they can stay strong in their denial. And remember, the more we drink, the less neuroplasticity our brains have and the less able our brain is to adapt to what's going on in our lives and change. This makes it even harder to realize that you need to stop drinking. And similarly, the more that you go back and forth, the more cycles of withdrawal that you go through. And the more stress that you put on your brain and the less plasticity that your brain has, meaning it's less adaptable and the connections weaken that aren't associated with convincing you that drinking is a good idea. This is a terrible cycle that fuels more denial and more drinking. But does this mean that you're hopeless and you should just go drink and give up? Of course not. Sobriety is available for you too, but you need to start becoming more aware of your denial and the excuses 
that you make to keep drinking. In episode 181, I described a study from 2016 that looked at association learning and breaking in healthy controls versus people who struggled with substances in the past but were then sober. So the group with past history of addiction was able to learn habitual procedures faster than the healthy control group, but they had a lot of trouble breaking the habits that they learned. So when researchers tried to teach them a new process, 24% of the healthy control group made preservative errors compared to 37% of the addiction group. So preservative errors happen when there's a rule switch, but the participant continues to apply the same rules as before. So the healthy control group was making a lot of mistakes, like trying to apply the new rules and messing them up. But what the group with the history of addiction was doing is they were trying to apply the exact same original process that they had learned over and over and over and over, even though it was clear that it didn't work and they were taught a new process. So they weren't making mistakes in trying to apply the new process. They were just trying to do the old one. And this is what we do with our drinking. We keep trying to control it or quit in the same way over and over and over again. I tell you all the time, don't do it alone. And when people reach out to me saying that they're struggling, my first question is, what are you doing for support? And they'll usually say that they're looking at my Instagram posts and their spouse who doesn't struggle with alcohol is supportive. I mean, this is better than nothing, but that's still doing it basically alone. Not doing it alone is getting in community with people who understand you, who you can share your struggles and thoughts with, and working with a therapist that's trained to help you. One of the main problems with our drinking is the way that we think about it. It's much easier to work on your thoughts and beliefs if you can talk it out with others. Sometimes reading Instagram posts and listening to podcasts is enough for people to quit. But if you've been trying to quit without success, then this means you need more support. So ask yourself, have I been trying the exact same thing over and over again? If so, then it's time to try something different. Because the longer that you stay stuck in your denial and the more you go back and forth, the less adaptable your brain is becoming and the more it's keeping you stuck in this process. It's important that whatever you do for support, you take it really seriously because the more serious you take your support, the more serious you're going to take your sobriety. And once you integrate into a group or a support system or you make a connection with your therapist, you feel accountable to that person. You care what they think. You want them to think good things about you and it motivates you to stay on the right path. And when you're considering having a drink, it helps you pause and consider your support system. So whatever you do, if you're stuck in the cycle, think about how you can get support today, what you're willing to try, try something new, or if you are currently doing stuff, try to take it more seriously and really show up for that support system. And I will talk to you in the next one. I 
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.